0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. This is the official pre-free agency podcast. Uh, We're gonna be releasing another episode later in the week, uh, post some of the initial signings in free agency, talking about how that kind of impacts the Bears. First and foremost in this episode though, we're gonna be talking about the Bears cutting Bobby Massey and also the Chicago Bears signing Cairo Santos to a five-year $16 million deal, the most accurate kicker in the NFL, gets his payday following that matt nagy and ryan pace were spotted at trey lance's pro day leading many bears fans to speculate that that might be the bears ideal target in the draft finally to wrap up the show we're going to be talking about Allen robinson getting tagged uh, if he's going to be waiting for a long-term deal if he will be willing to play under the franchise tag or if the chicago bears are going to have to trade him Then we're going to finish up the show by talking about how the Chicago Bears are rumored to be making an offer for Russell Wilson that the Seahawks cannot refuse. Then we're going to be talking a little bit about the trade packages that would be required in order to land Wilson. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate all the love and support and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. It's been a little bit. Uh, I know that this week has also been pretty busy for us. Uh, I just finished up all my midterms, so I'm good to go with there. And, uh, you know, I'm ready to hit the ground running now that it's officially off-season time. I mean, we're less than a week away now from free agency, the legal tampering peri- period, and then also very close to the NFL draft. Reese, how's your week been?
1: Oh, it's been good. Yeah, it's been busy just like you. But, yeah, like you said, we're finally actually in the thick of the off-season. You know, it's... uh you know it's exciting it's important for the franchise tag process but you know it's kind of you know just like when baseball fans get excited when you know pitchers and catchers report that's kind of like what the franchise tag window is like it's it's a big deal but it's not really a big deal mm-hmm. um and you know free agency opening up really kind of truly you know sparks that new league year that new you know the real beginning of the off season, and we're getting into. I think it's 50 days till draft day when we're recording this, or that could Something be like that. wrong. Maybe it's 50 days yesterday. I can't quite remember. But <laughs> just pulling out a random
0: number, I see.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I know it's the end of April, so we're getting we're getting real close. And I mean, damn, it's it's already been a whirlwind of an off season. So many rumors that you know we're gonna get into uh, in this podcast, but you know, no shortage of news, really.
0: Yeah, that's the one thing that I've found kind of interesting about this offseason is that surprisingly, there's been. I think it's because like the Deshaun Watson and the Russell Wilson rumors, and Matthew Stafford getting traded. There's a you know a little blimp about Ben Roethlisberger potentially getting a new team. Like all this change is like really coming, and it's really hard for people not to speculate randomly uh, about what's you know kind of been going on <laughs> lately. Uh, earlier this week, it was actually pretty fun. I was looking over uh, some of our old videos, like our original videos, and then also um, back when we were doing the Truth Football podcast, all that stuff. I was, I was yeah. listening back to that content, and God, I thought it was a lot better than it actually was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, no, that's definitely kind of cringy to go back to that at this point. You know, we're, you know it seems... Weird to think about, you know, kind of not being comfortable just hopping right into a podcast. You know, I mean, it's kind of just like a, almost like mm-hmm. gear that we can switch at this point to just, you know, kind of get right into it. But, yeah, I mean, back in the in the day, it's definitely kind of a skill that you have to acquire to to be able to, you know, keep going on and to actually have a podcast. You know, when you're doing an hour-length podcast, I mean, damn, I, I can't even imagine how many words we actually say during the length or entirety of a whole podcast, but you know, mm-hmm. some of it's filler, some of it's kind of repeated stuff, but I mean, you end up saying a lot of stuff and when you're kind of sitting there and maybe you're not fully prepared and you know, on the bike, you're a little unsure of yourself. It, it, it shows that's for sure.
0: Yeah. And I think that in initially I thought that it was going to be a lot less work than it actually was. Um, you know, it, it is quite a bit of work especially when you want it to actually do well you know we could easily come on here you know just record straight from use some crappy system where we just record where we don't even have to intertwine the audio clips together uh and and just post that but that's like stuff like that it never really succeeds and initially i remember when we were first getting into it i was like oh this should be you know this shouldn't take too long it's just going to be you know one hour a week that the one hour that we are talking is going to be the only work that we need to put into it but now that my expectations on that certainly have changed and you know i i have to say it is kind of funny because i feel like now we put out so much content and like you know our how we feel about the content is largely, you know, we, you know, we have confidence in our content, but a lot of it has to do with the results that we actually see the numbers we actually put up. You know, if we put out a video now and it has less than just a segment and it has less than a thousand views, I know that, you know, I'm usually very disappointed in that. I'm like, what did I possibly do wrong? I mean, I feel like at this point we haven't had a video do under a thousand views in a couple months now, or at least a full month. Um, And it's just, it's just funny because there was so, for so long, we were recording these and it was just, you know, we'd get 10 listens, you know, 11 listens, 12 listens. I mean, even when we go back to the truth, we put out, you know, a couple hours, actually a good amount of content for like a cumulative nine views on the podcast and oh, how things have changed since then.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's been tremendous and, you know, we have, you know, no one else to thank, but all you guys that, you know, continue to support both the podcast and the YouTube channel. And, you know, with the YouTube channel, I mean, you bring up that you know, when we go below 1K, yeah, it's it's a bit of a disappointment. But at the same time, I mean, it really has nothing to do usually with the quality of the content within mm-hmm. the video. I mean, so much of it is really what you do on your end with kind of titling and tagging the video is, honestly, what's so important with with YouTube. So it's kind of more like a uh homage to that um of course you know having good content keeping people retained uh you know the improvements we made as far as you know our new graphics that you know you worked on i mean those are big things that you know help us tremendously but at the end of the day i mean youtube is really just kind of an interesting beast and you know, you'll notice when you look at our podcast, which just kind of grows a lot more linearly than mm-hmm. the YouTube channel does. Yeah, it's kind of like it's comparing two totally different animals. <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. And we wish that we had more full time podcast listeners. You guys are the only ones that are able to have this kind of more personal. I feel like aspect. Like I feel like when you watch it on YouTube. The bonus is that you get added discoverability and you kind of get to pick through the segments you want to watch, but you definitely lose a lot of the interpersonal aspect. Um, definitely our our biggest supporters and fans are our podcast listeners. It's pretty insane to think that, you know, a good amount of our podcast listeners listen to every single one of our podcasts and more than half of them uh, watch it within the first day of us uploading, which is, you know insane to think about so we really appreciate that little loyalty we actually you know the youtube grows a lot faster than the podcast but that's to be expected um and then you know the podcast you know if you guys can it'd be awesome if you leave us a rating and review uh, that's pretty much the main way that you get podcasts to grow is just waiting until people say you have good content on there and even <laughs> yeah. even sometimes it takes a while for the reviews to kind of pop up you know not to not to trash on apple Podcasts, but and they could use a little bit of an update you know the system that they have is pretty outdated it's pretty much been the exact same since we started this podcast um and they they could easily do a little bit more for discoverability and you know other types of things but you know since you guys are our most loyal listeners uh we gotta let you know about our sponsor for this podcast manscaped NFL draft season is upon us. It's possible that you might have Trevor Lawrence's haircut in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped, trademarked, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving your balls the same way you like to gamble on football. For all of my draft geeks, we have an exclusive 20% off promo code. Code bare necessities, no space in there at manscaped.com. Check the description, make sure you spell that right. Will your favorite team go defensive back in the first round? Not sure, but I am sure that with the Lawnmower 3.0, which is also a trademark term, you can get your D back. No trademark. <laughs>
1: Because of the, their ceramic blade and skin safe, which Austin will let you know is trademark technology, your <laughs> nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarter balls. Listen, fellas,
0: 79% of partners polled admit that long nose hair is a major turnoff. And again, we know that all of our listeners on the podcast, we know you're all alpha males. That's why you listen to the <laughs> podcast. So make sure your, 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 your partners know that, you know, you are an alpha male, make sure that you have your nose hair trim with the weed whacker trademarked nose and air hair trimmer is your solution. Why not use the best tools for the job here?
1: Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Bear necessities at manscaped.com. That's right. Bare necessities. Just like Austin said, go into the description. Make sure you get that right. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code Bear necessities. It's time you turn that team in your pants around with manscaped.
0: There we go. You know, that's and, and guys, please, if you can at least check them out, uh, helps the podcast substantially. Uh, we would really appreciate that. Uh, but you know let's go ahead and get into some of the football talk as this is a chicago bears uh football uh podcast this is not an austin and reese podcast uh it's maybe it's
1: a little unfortunately
0: yeah i mean you know maybe maybe we'll uh do one just about our lives we're sure everyone will be interested in that uh very first topic we're gonna do this topic in under 15 seconds cow long retires my response all right okay Oh, he actually unretires. Excuse me. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, nothing crazy there. I know that that was hinted a couple times in the media, even around Super Bowl time. Um, It was kind of started to work in there. It never really burst into be a major headline. Still isn't in my mind. Is it someone the Bears should target? I don't really think so unless they can get him on an absolute steal of a deal, like a a veteran minimum, like literally. Mm -hmm and um yeah i think that's all there really needs to be said about that people
0: are saying he's 315 and shredded now that's kind of interesting Um, but let's go ahead and move on the bears they cut offensive lineman bobby massey he's been with the team for quite a while now i actually got a second contract with the team even though a lot of fans were a little bit upset with him um man i think this move was kind of to be expected uh even when he came back from injury there wasn't really a huge difference between him and jermaine Effetti, who isn't under contract right now either but if the bears want to go cheap there jermaine Effetti could easily fill in the position that bobby massey uh the the hole he's leaving for us there that being said the chiefs also released eric fisher and mitchell mitchell swart schwartz geez um so their left tackle and their right tackle who has ties to, uh, you know, Matt Nagy and, and, you know, those are some, e- either one of those guys could be a potential replacement. Mitchell Schwartz in my eyes would be a really good, uh, addition. If you can get him for a good deal. Uh, he was graded as like, what, you know, PFF take what you will with it. You know, it's obviously, Blech. yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty terrible, but there are some comparables you can use for it. Um, he was listed as one of the top graded offensive linemen going into the twenty twenty NFL season, so that that's something.
1: I honestly, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily like him more than Schwartz, but I do like Fisher too. Honestly, I, I mean, it's really curious and interesting when you think about it. Well, obviously Kansas City did it to cut cap costs, and I know that um, Mahomes actually just recently like re reconstructed his deal to cut or open up a little more cap space as well. But, you know, Eric Fisher and, and his injury in the Super Bowl was, you know, one of the main reasons why they really struggled. So I think he's a really quality tackle out there. I mean, he's going to demand, I think, a uh, pretty decent sized contract. So, I mean, the Bears could potentially make a play on that. Uh, you know, as far as Bobby Massey walking, you know, I'm not going to shed any tears. I think that, <laughs> you know, he's someone that, You know he had a couple maybe decent spurs maybe a couple decent years with the bears but he was never anyone that really shown anything great you know he's at best he was pretty much middle of the road or a little bit above it at his best and Mm -hmm. at his worst you know he was getting you know manipulated and worked over and you know part of the reason why you know, the offensive line has struggled really honestly over the past couple of years now. I mean, this offensive line hasn't really been, it was really bad this past year, but I think you can really go back and probably attribute some of the issues in 2019 to the offensive line as well. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't quite spoken about as much. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, when you're deconstructing, you know, hopefully my thought is that they're just kind of deconstructing this, you know, offensive line, not only to cut cap, but also to, you know, just build it back better. I mean, that's my hope. You know, there's why keep Massey when you can get someone that's going to be better than him. And, you know, with whatever new quarterback is walking through these doors, I think basically the one thing that Bears fans have been unanimously in support of is making sure that there's a good offensive line Mm -hmm. for said quarterback.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I don't necessarily know if they're going to be – changing up that entire offensive line, they might choose to keep Charles Leno Jr. just for the sake of keeping some sort of continuity. Uh, The continuity on offensive line is a very underrated aspect of that position. Um, It's really important to have some guys you can trust. And while Charles Leno Jr., yes, he's not been the best, uh, you know, he's also a starting left tackle in the NFL. You know, he's a starting left tackle. He's on a pretty good deal for the team. Would I love it if they keep him? You know, not exactly, but I would understand if they choose to just kind of switch out one position per year uh, and feel comfortable, you know, maybe taking on Mitchell Schwartz, who is who is a right tackle. Um, I think that'd be good. Eric Fisher, he tore his Achilles, unfortunately, earlier in the season. So that makes me a little bit skeptical of what that what that, you know, um, medical grade that they the Chiefs gave on him that led to that release um, I think that's definitely something there, especially, but Eric Fisher, you know, he's a pretty athletic guy. Uh, you never know. He's also 32, I think. Um, so also getting up there it's in a, age,
1: it's a risky play, you know, I mean, it can mm-hmm. either, it's one of those moves that absolutely works out in your favor. You can probably get him on a, you know, a, a pretty sweet deal as far as he's still going to, you know, get a decent amount of money, but you know, if he was at his you know, peak health, You'd certainly have to pay him a lot more, but you also take on that risk that, right, I mean, Achilles injury is something that is notoriously hard to Mm -hmm. recover from. I mean, it's, you know, probably even worse than tearing your ACL. I mean, that's, it it takes a lot to recover from an Achilles. So, especially in a high stress position like the offensive line where you are using your feet like that constantly and so much of it is about footwork, Mm -hmm. you're going to want him to be sure on his feet.
0: Yeah. And there's also a lot of pressure on the Achilles when you're an offensive lineman, you know, it's, it's not tearing your Achilles is a very notorious injury. It's definitely worse than tearing an ACL because it's just, I mean, you know, all of our listeners, if you're not driving currently, take a good feel of how thick your Achilles is. And then imagine that getting ripped in half. Cannot imagine that is an easy injury to deal with. Um, and then you're also, when, especially with Achilles tears for not, for those of you who don't, know too much i guess about sports medicine it's very common when a player has an achilles tear for the following year to hit for him to either tear his opposite acl or opposite achilles because it's one of those muscles or it's one of the, sorry it's one of those tendons that you know it's really you te- your body tends to naturally overcompensate for it so you tend to put on like awkward weight onto it and have awkward balance for a long time. I mean, I had a really bad, uh, ankle sprain like two years ago. Um, and that le- even that led to, uh, some complications in my other leg, um, because, because of, um, just, uh, over, overcompensating for it. You know, I had to go to a bunch of physical therapist appointments, which Cost me a ton of money, uh, and it was not fun. Not that Eric Fisher has to worry about that, but
1: yeah, and it, it compromised what your flag football season. That yeah, year or yeah, something? It, <laughs> it, it
0: completely t- it completely took me out of flag football. Um, you know, I was actually. Uh, being looked at by the uh, the uh, the the real football team. Uh, and unfortunately, <laughs> uh, after that injury, I just uh, they just said there's no way. <laughs> so they said I, I they said few, if I the have... injury never occurred, oh, yeah, they said all day. but but since it occurred, it
1: uh, I, I I had a few teams scouting me, but you know, then then I banged up my knee. you know
0: <laughs> they're actually thinking <laughs> that's, that's about the story always goes. They're actually thinking about having me becoming the first. NCAA flag football intramural player to enter the NFL draft, but not that that's, you know, important. Let's move on. Uh, The Bears signed Cairo Santos to a five-year $60 million contract. You know, the funny thing about this is that I always liked Santos when we had him the first time, you know, right after we got rid of Connor Barth, because Reese, you probably remember this. We were at the game where he, where Mitch scrambled, had an amazing like 13-yard scramble on fourth and 13. And then like that, w- yeah. it was like within 15 yards. And he and we we're like, Con- Connor Barth steps up to the plate and then just absolutely doinks it. And it was funny because we were actually joking about him before the game. And God forbid something like that actually happened. He got fired after that game. Brought in Kyro Santos. He had a good game, a really good game, like the next game. And then he got like a, a small little injury. Uh, and, and then the Bears just cut him the next year. Then we got Cody Parkey, and then we all know how that went. So it's just kind of funny how things kind of come, you know, complete in complete circle. Um, you know, it, I, I'm happy about this move. I mean, how could you not be? He played phenomenal. And while I, it kind of sucks for Eddie Pinheiro, which is such like a a weird name to even like that, that that's one of those that's gonna be a bears player you forget that, about him yeah, yeah you need to, you need to store that you know in a little note on your phone for when it comes to you know your bears trivia night and then it's like who who was the main kicker for the chicago bears after cody parkey and you're like you're like oh is it Cairo santos everyone in the room's thinking that and you're like no nah eddie pinheiro and he'll always i'll always remember him for that like 60 yard kick he had against the denver broncos to win us that game
1: yeah yeah i mean eddie pinheiro i mean for that 2019 season honestly heading into this you know current the 2020 season or all well, the past season now um it looked like he was gonna be the kicker and i think fortunately things worked out the way they did with cairo santos i mean he was absolutely phenomenal. I'm happy that he got the deal. I, I think everyone knew the Bears were gonna have to pay, at least you know, a, a decent sum of money for for Cairo Santos because he did pay you know play well enough and you know you can't p- complain with how he performed and, and it's just you know after the whole it's crazy to think that after the 2018 season you know the biggest concern with the team was the kicking in position i mean it was such an odd thing that that whole storyline the year before because everyone thought the bears were going to take such a massive step forward in 2019 i think you know we were calling for trubisky to step up and have a big year and of course it you know the exact opposite panned out i mean 2019 was awful i mean they were eight and eight but you know mm-hmm. they lost to some they lost some really bad games to some bad teams and you know the the whole it became very ironic because like oh we were worried about a kicker and we should have been worried about so much else and You know, okay, now in 2020, and, you know, hopefully into the future here, we finally have something resolved. And, you know, once again, we're looking to try to fix the offense. So it's kind of just like, oh, same old, same old. We had a little blip where we were worried about the kicker. But, you know, we remember we're the Chicago Bears. We always have really terrible offenses. So we have to get back to worrying about that again.
0: Well, it's kind of funny, too, because in 2017 was when we had Cairo on the team and we just let him, we cut him right after his injury. 2018 is the double doink. You kind of have to wonder, you know, if we just instead of cutting him and grabbing Parky, if we just held on to Cairo where what the, what that Bears team would have done in 2018? Cuz that was a pretty special year for that team. One of the best defenses I've ever seen, you know. Um maybe the best Bears defense in my lifetime, probably. Um you know, that's a little you know it's a tight one. between that
1: and the 2006 defense is yeah. probably probably a close call but either way i mean absolutely dominant um, yeah definitely the best i'd say overall you know that the team that went to the super bowl was was good and of course it sticks this in my one's memory the so most
0: I complete i feel like most yeah, it was
1: team. easily the most complete i mean they were the most competitive and you know that bears 2016 the offense was very much relied on running the football which you could get Mm -hmm. away with more back in that period and you know they stuck to lovey smith's tampa too of course that defense was fantastic and honestly devin hester won them like three games that Mm -hmm. year which is pretty crazy to think about but it was so much about defense and special teams and they're basically like that Ravens team and you know, the year 2000 where they won a Super Bowl mm. and they had Trent Dilfer at quarterback. I mean, Jesus.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be, it's going to be kind of in- interesting because Devin Hester officially becomes uh hall of fame eligible this coming year. So, I mean, that is going to be a hill I am willing to die on <laughs> straight up. I feel like I every agree. single bears fan is going to agree with that. Um, Man, it, it it was just crazy. The the funny thing is the Devin Hester pick too. It was very it was pretty highly um it, it was pretty highly like criticized when it happened cuz he was picked pretty high um for what he was. Um but you know, that's a little draft history there.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I believe I think he was either a second or a third round pick out of Miami, originally drafted as a cornerback. 'Cause that's what he played in college. Mm-hmm. And in that first year he kinda played a little bit of corner for the Bears, then really came full time kick returner, and then later on they really wanted to make him into a, a effective wide receiver, but route running was not necessarily his strongest skill suit.
0: Speaking of Miami, I actually and kind of talking back about Pinheiro. The one thing that I always thought was cool about Pinheiro is he might be one of the only cool kickers in the NFL like like he would always show up to the you know the the press conferences with the big earrings and and chain and he was just like an actually like you know kickers get kind of a stereotype of being kind of weird right but he was actually it seemed yeah. like he was like a cool dude and it's funny because i actually know somebody who was on a uh, recruiting staff for miami back when pinero was i think he was transferring from a juco if i remember correctly or he was coming out of high school. Um, he said that everyone, he ended up, uh, Pinero ended up going to Florida, but he, he took, uh, the person I know that was on the Miami staff, they said that Pinero was one of the most, the funniest, uh, and coolest recruits that they've had like in the building <laughs> and he was a kicker. Nah, I believe it. Um, so it's going to, it's, yeah. it's going to be kind of, uh, sad to see him go inevitably. I can't imagine that the Bears are going to keep him around this season. Um, but, you know, it is it is what it is in this industry. Um, on top of that, O'Donnell's being brought back, too. You know, O'Donnell, he's okay. I mean, I, I honestly can't even lie. I'm not the best talent evaluator when it comes to punters. But, you know, it didn't really surprise me because he's gotten a couple contracts with the Bears already.
1: With, with O'Donnell, I, I think that he's in the upper half of the league, but he's certainly not one of the elite kickers, especially when it comes to... He's fairly good at getting inside the 20, which I think these days is kind of the, the most important stat. I mean, of course, like net average is still a big deal, but I, I mean, certainly bringing Peddle O'Donnell back does not frustrate me. And also having him, I believe he holds too. So mm-hmm. having yeah, that continued does. relationship is a, is a pretty big deal. So, yeah, you know, bringing back those two, shoring up the special teams, I'm pretty happy with that. All right, and
0: now for you know the 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 real big news topics of the week. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy were seen at Trey Lance's pro day. Someone was actually taking a video of them, and then like I think it was probably a media representative that was escorting them told them to turn like like stop recording them. <laughs> um, but also Trey Lance, he refused to talk about which teams met with him, so we don't really know exactly if they met with him. But honestly, when a coach and a GM shows up to your pro day, that's some pretty serious interest there. Um, If you remember, uh, Ryan Pace notably only sent John Fox to Deshaun Watson's Pro Day. Um, It doesn't seem like John Fox had too much of an interest in Deshaun or gave him that glowing of a review. I don't think Ryan Pace is going to let that happen. You know, this is the season of collaboration. Uh, So I expect we we see this out of probably, you know, every quarterback uh, until Mac Jones. So like we probably won't see him go to like Ian Book's or Or, you know, I think it's like Felipe Franks, who's with Arkansas, I believe. I don't necessarily think we'll see both of them there, but for all the, you know, top options, they'll definitely be there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you there, and I believe, Well, I mean, from what I remember, John Fox actually kind of championed for Deshaun Watson a little bit, at least Mm. for the pick, and it was kind of pace that pulled the trump card on him but yeah i agree i i, I could see both of them sitting and uh, basically everyone that currently has a first round grade um some of the other names like mond um newman like you said Felipe franks probably even kyle trask it, it'll probably just be naggy i think or, or maybe scouts. just a scout yeah, I would say, you know, one of those two options. Or maybe just a different assistant coach. Maybe you put in the passing game coordinator there. You put in the quarterback's coach to do a little bit of scouting. Um, there's a lot of options there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting It comes from it. I'm happy that they both attended Trey Lance. Of course, he's been someone that, you know, I'm quite excited about. I know mm-hmm. that there there are some valid concerns to his game. And, of course, you know, the quality of play, um the fact that he only did play that kind of one weird exhibition game and he didn't really play well, but you know I I do like what I see from from Trey Lance and you know I'm happy that they're showing interest. It's really it's interesting because it, it does kind of seem far fetched at this point that that Trey Lance would be the quarterback of this Bears team. You know I, mm-hmm. I would like to see it happen, but. You know, with all the different news about Russell Wilson, it seems like you know that's one of the leading things. You know, of course, we've talked about other names like Donald. We've talked about people like Mario. We talked about people like Bridgewater. So we have all those names, and you know, Trey Lance has a pretty high grade. And I, at the end of the day, if you know, if we put all the different things out on the table, I'd be very surprised if you know, kind of a trading up for Trey Lance is what actually happens, but. I am happy to see if they have interest because, you know, he's someone personally that I do like.
0: It's just going to be interesting to have a new quarterback to begin with. But Trey Lance is someone who is, you know, so highly regarded as far as his capabilities. Uh, he, I mean, when you talk about a player that if he works out, he's going to be like one of the best in the league. That's Trey Lance right there for you. Um, you know, as far uh, he gets this, it's so funny because I saw some people comparing him to Jordan Love, because they're like not coming from a big name school and when people say that I just it's it, so it, lazy yeah it, in my head i'm just like that it, these are either people who are you know either just going checking out the highlights but even if you check out the highlights it's it's literally someone who's just looking for a mold and like trying to place them in that cuz Trey Lance is just not like that Jordan Love has a lot of you know mechanical deficiencies and and also has a lot of concerning aspects to his game which led him to you know go in that late first round Trey Lance as far as when you're talking about I mean I actually don't know too much about Jordan Love as a person but first off Trey Lance as a person is super highly regarded within the North Dakota State um, building and North Dakota State North Dakota State while it's not you know a power five program it's super highly regarded, you know, it's, it's a super highly regarded school. Um, And and then also like on top of that, their coaching staff is well regarded all that. Right. And then also when you talk about his, you know, throwing motion, his mechanics, even his footwork, it's very nice. It's very sharp. It's not typically what you see out of a non power five quarterback. So it's a, it's a very different situation. People want to say like, Oh, look at the level of competition, which I think is a, is a fair, you know, criticism. Uh he's not playing the best uh schools and really the NDSU is like, you know, it it, they're they're a good program as well. So they get a lot of guys open. Uh but he plays in a West Coast system. Uh, you know, he's very snappy with his decisions, which I really like. Uh honestly I wish that we could make a video on him for YouTube, but YouTube ended up taking down our Zach Wilson video, which was the dumbest thing I could possibly imagine because not only does it fall under fair use everything that we did but on top of that it literally says word for word in the youtube terms of service that you are allowed to do film reviews and show what a player does good and bad but whatever youtube representative that was looking at our content for some reason they didn't get the damn memo so they decided to strike down our monetization and they also decided to uh take down that video so i don't know maybe we'll have to try to figure out a different way to do that maybe do it on patreon once we finally release that um or something like that but he he is a good player thing is is that there's a good chance he goes above um justin fields so we yeah, do, we I mean, might not even get a chance at him at all
1: yeah Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe, you know, on the film review, maybe that's even something we could do live. I don't know. Yeah. It would be interesting to figure out, but possibly we could do that. Um, But, yeah, I can see him rising over Justin Fields. As far as, I mean, the one thing that's in stone is Trevor Lawrence is going first. But after that, it really does seem like Zach Wilson could be the second quarterback taken off. Mm -hmm. It seems like... Justin Fields still could possibly be the second quarterback taken off doesn't seem likely at all seems like Justin Fields could be the fourth some people even say Mac Jones could be taken above Justin Fields there's a lot there's a lot of different scenarios going on here and really you know comparing you know this quarterback class to last year's quarterback classes it's really a lot different I mean um you know the two big names of course were um, well three were herbert you know burrow and tua heading into last year and love was kind of like the person you could get a little bit later on he wasn't mm-hmm. really quite on their level but this year we kind of have a lot more even of a pack and i would say that it starts to fall off at mac jones i know some people would disagree huge fall off um, due to you know his ability to you know pass the ball very accurately i mean you can't take that away from mac jones But at the same time, I think that, you know, your top four are clearly Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, Lance, and then it goes down to Mac Jones. And then basically everything after that is kind of a little bit of a crapshoot as well. Mm -hmm. You know, probably starting with someone like Trask, maybe someone like Newman, maybe someone like Bond. I mean, I don't know. You can probably just pull random names out of a hat at this point. It's very all over the place. But it's just a different year for quarterbacks. I mean, it's looking like it could be a very strong class. I would say last year's class ended up performing very strong. It takes time to figure these things out as well. So, I mean, I think comparing, you know, Trey Lance to anyone in last year's class is, is folly. And, and to make a lazy take like that just simply because they're from a small school is, like you said, it, exactly. It's trying to put a mold, but realistically, they just haven't really quite watched him play because, you know, I don't think there's some aspects of their game, you know, they kind of, they're both technically that dual threat quarterback that can do both. And and there's a lot of quarterbacks these days that do that. So that's really not anything that really quite is like a one-to-one comparison. And after that, really, a lot of the ways that Lance and Love approach the game are, are really a lot different.
0: Yeah. And I think that one thing that people also really mistake with Lance is that they They see how much he runs and automatically assume he's just a running quarterback. When, you know, really, if you just take a look at only his passing snaps, he can do so much more than run. That running game he has, you know, he's the best in the class as a runner. He is an elite runner. Um, He might not be right there with Lamar Jackson, but as soon as he hits the league, he's going to be probably, you know, top two, three quarterback when it comes to being able to run the football. A lot of people mistake that he can't throw or that he's like not a good passer or not an intelligent player because he runs so much when really, again, they're just trying to fit him into a mold that's not the type of quarterback he is. He's very nuanced and developed in his passing game. Um, and I think it, it would it's a massive mistake if teams overlook him as a runner because he certainly is not that. Hey, and if so, the Bears can maybe pick him up at 15 or so. That's, that's just going to benefit us. I'd be super excited for Trey Lance, but unfortunately, I don't know if we're going to be able to
1: get him. Yeah, it seems like a little bit of a long shot at this point, but, you know, we can always hope. We can, we can. All right, moving on. Allen Robinson
0: was franchise tagged by the Chicago Bears. Who would have guessed it? You guys don't even need to wait for the news to come out, you know? Just listen to our podcast. If you if you listen to our <laughs> podcast, you would have known this like a month ago, okay? Allen Robinson was tagged. Um, supposedly, this came out today. He's waiting to see what the Bears do at quarterback before making a decision. You know, I think that is... Uh, reciprocated from the bears they want to see what they do at quarterback before making a decision on him too um you know i i think it seems like alan robinson released like a little hype trailer today on twitter he I, it, it's kind of becoming a little less clear if he's going to hold out or not i think if you get like russell wilson and make him happy like that i i think he'll play on the franchise tag
1: it it seems like this is really working out in the Bears' favor. And and I do think that the Bears in general maybe seemed like, and maybe they did in general, mishandle the whole situation mm-hmm. because it was really a whole fiasco and, and this played out basically over a whole year, which is kind of ridiculous. But, yeah, it seems like best-case scenario right now, he's going to play on the franchise tag, which, all right, perfect, mm-hmm. great. I mean... Yeah, like you said you bring in someone like wilson he decides he wants to play perfect if he he has another year we can go ahead and prove himself and asserts that he deserves that bear contract and you know if they do bring in someone like wilson and they develop a really good rapport well then it's pretty clear that you, you bring him back he's worth it for that value if it doesn't work out then great you you get rid of him don't have to tag him again did not lock yourself down into a into a position where you don't feel comfortable so it seems like you know if he does end up show or say that he's willing to play then you know you have to ultimately say that this worked out in the bears favor i know a lot of people personally are you know not huge on the franchise tag and in in general i think it can be bogus but it is something that is in the cba technically they both agreed on it so, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of the way that it goes in today's NFL. It's such a big part of how these offseason decisions are made. And it seems like, you know, possibly whether, you know, it's kind of just a little bit of luck, um, whether it was planned out this way, which I'm not really quite sure. I wouldn't really give the Bears credit for that. But, hey, it seems like this could end up possibly working out for them
0: well the reason why the bears have been doing this all along has been to maintain flexibility for what they can do at quarterback and i'm so surprised so many bears fans just did not understand this and still don't understand it it's not that they don't want Allen robinson it's never been about that it's about maintaining flexibility if you go through the draft okay maybe you ex- you sign him to an extension if you go through free agency and get russell wilson well, now you have a whole massive contract on your books. Maybe you try to restructure a deal with Allen Robinson around that contract so it just makes sense. You know, it's it's all about having that flexibility component. It would be foolish for the Bears to sign up to such a massive deal when they have no idea who's throwing to them. You know, it would be, it'd be really dumb of them to do that. So I'm happy the Bears are taking this route. You know, they have till, geez, I want to say like, May and and, like until they can get a full long-term deal. Otherwise Allen Robinson will have to sign his tenure and play under the tag or unless he demands to get traded. And really it's, it it makes sense. It makes sense. There's a lot of bears fans mad. Like, Oh, why don't you extend him? Why don't you extend him? Well, it's a little more complicated than that. Where this team is at currently. Um, I like Allen Robinson. We both like Allen Robinson. We're not Allen Robinson haters. Uh, as someone commented on our YouTube last week, who cares what these guys think about Allen Robinson? He's a good player. And you know, that I, you know, I agree with that. Who cares what we think about it? Um, but really all that matters is that we get someone to throw to him and Hey, if the bears get Russell Wilson with Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson could put himself in the position where he could reset the receiver market next year. And it would make sense from his camp as well
1: yeah yeah i mean it it would make sense i think in the long term uh there's definitely a way where he can play this to still make this something that's a benefit to him i mean the franchise tag it does seem very anti like player wage player right i guess you would say but he can definitely twist this he can get this to work in his own way and you all let's say he has another huge year next year even if it doesn't end up being a contract with the bears end up getting a massive deal somewhere i mean he could get a mass a a pretty good deal somewhere else right now but if he really asserts it again next year like you said asserts himself as that number one receiver on the market then yeah there's no question that he made a great move for himself
0: yeah personally just a note on the franchise tag something that i heard um the reason why it is in the cba always is that apparently the nfl they throw a bunch of incentives at like the Lower paid players because you have to think like the amount of players in the nfl that get this franchise tag used on them I mean what there was like 12 this year In order to be good enough to get that franchise tag applied. You have to definitely be in like the top 5% of nfl players um, so they apparently what the nfl does is they throw like a bunch of incentives to players that don't make a bunch of money And that aren't that great um and then the players, and then it's like everyone has an equal vote. It's not like Aaron Rodgers or, you know, Allen Robinson or Khalil Mack or Aaron Donald have any higher of a vote than, you know, God, who's someone on this team? Ryan Nall, right? It's all the, there it's all, the, it's all, they, they're both of their votes are equal. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of an issue for, you know, more well played, paid players. Personally, I would be in favor of like, i think the the best way to do it is to keep the franchise tag but only allow a team to do it for one year i don't think you should be able to like continuously tag a player like maybe it makes more sense if you could like do the franchise tag one you know one time
1: yeah i agree i think when players get tagged twice it's uh that's when it starts getting really bogus but that's a topic for a different day I guess <laughs> <laughs>
0: definitely for sure um, okay well let's move on we're gonna be talking about quarterback for the rest of the show obviously uh, next week we should have actually a lot more news probably relating to quarterback and probably relating to the entire rest of the roster uh, considering free agency's opening maybe we'll try to find out some way to do some like live reactions um, one of the nights or something we'll try to we'll figure right. that out we'll try to yeah We'll try to make something happen for you guys. But yeah, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube if you haven't already um, because we sent out, you know, we have a little community center that we send out updates uh, to all of our listeners on there as well. Um, But the Chicago Bears currently are supposedly trying to make the Seahawks an offer that they cannot refuse. Currently, the Bears are the most highly favored team for Wilson, um, considering they're really the only team on his. Agents like the agents list that he released that he'd be willing to uh, play for that are actually looking for a quarterback and like need a quarterback and can afford to make a move like this. Um, because both the Raiders and the Cowboys have displayed that they're not really interested. Um, currently the Bears the they have
1: Cowboys by, just signed Dak to a big contract, so yeah. it's definitely not going to happen there. And <laughs>
0: supposedly the Raiders are going to do that with uh Derek Carr as well. So you know, really it's down to the bears and the saints and the saints are like $60 million below the cap still. So, uh, that's not going to happen. Um, but pretty much the bears currently are the highest favored team outside of the Seahawks for Wilson. Um, they actually have pretty close odds to the Seahawks for, uh, who Russell Wilson will take his first snap for next season. Um, So, you know, and uh, there's been even some more reports coming out today saying that things keep boiling down, uh, you know, that the rumors keep circulating that at this point they don't necessarily know if it's fixable. He still hasn't, quote-unquote, demanded a trade. But here's here's honestly the smart thing. Smart players, they don't go out and say they demand a trade because the best way you can get a trade done is not going through the media because it kind of devalues you, but it's kind of playing this, you know, game where like oh I don't demand a trade but I'm not exactly happy. Um you know it's kind of the thing that Khalil Mack did. Um I was just
1: about to say it's very much how that whole thing went down.
0: Yeah so and and really this next week is kind of like a soft deadline for potentially the Seahawks trading him because both of these teams need clarity going into free agency as to what they're gonna do at quarterback um, I also can see something with Deshaun Watson. If anything happens happening this week, um, it just, it makes a lot of sense so that teams can actually get, you know, something done. Um, you know, so the bears are looking to make the Seahawks an offer. They can't confuse refuse. And the one thing that is telling me that this is true. The very first thing that's telling me that this is true. Jimmy Graham hasn't been cut. Jimmy Graham is due to make $10 million next year okay for those of you who remember jimmy graham is a really good friend of russell wilson and apparently he's the lead he's the leader in trying to recruit him to chicago in in any yeah. other in any other situation jimmy graham would have been cut by now or restructured at, at minimum
1: yeah even though you know jimmy graham i think what guy at least like 10 touchdowns or close to it Something last like year. That. he was valuable i mean he was big in the red zone but really i mean that contract was just very easy to part with mm. and i think that you know you very much the whole recruiting was something that we you know i don't want to say began the nba i'm sure it happens in every sport but it was really mainly publicized in the nba but it's definitely something that happens you know very much mainstream with a lot of these big time athletes in all sports now and especially it's growing a lot in the nfl and I could certainly see that being the case. I mean, I know we talked about it in one of our early podcasts. I've read a report about it. I I could certainly see it being a situation. I mean, someone has to do the polling, and and that's how athletes are these days. I mean, look at all these different players that are restructuring their deals to try to allow their teams to keep some of these star players. I mean, a lot of these people are hungry to win. And, you know, recruiting, bringing in these players that are going to bring you over the top is a huge part of it. So... Yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson, I mean, he's very much a real possibility at this point. You know, I would never say that, you know, he's likely to be the next quarterback for the Chicago bears. Um, especially when he hasn't formally requested a trade, like you said, but it very much, there's a lot of things going on right now. And certainly the bears and the Seahawks, um, have been talking. Um, there's been some kind of communication there clearly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's been something going on, I think more so than there ever really was with, you know, the Bears and the Houston Texans and concern with Watson. I mean, it seems like if the Bears are going to go go for broke for a quarterback, it's going to be for Wilson. And yeah, I mean, it really kind of reports came out, I want to say, maybe a couple of hours before we decided to, to record this here that the Bears are really, you know, trying to offer a really sweet deal. I mean, like you said, that the Seahawks could not refuse and, you know, when you read that kind of stuff, it's, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that really gets you, You gets you kind of thinking, right? You're like, wow, I mean, maybe there really is something going on here. That's uh, that's uh kind of a, a really interesting, and you never know where that was leaked from. Um, mm. I'm not, I can't remember what the source who actually said that, but, you know, if that is true, I mean, that that means that there's definitely a very serious run being taken at here. And, you know, if it's really going to be such a great deal, I'd be surprised if the Seahawks did not accept it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of... we're kind. The Seahawks are kind of a weird team where normally with any other team, I'd probably write off the Bears just because of the fact that it's in conference and that doesn't usually bode well for teams. It doesn't, you know, look too good. That's the same reason why I say I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to get traded to an AFC team. But with certain teams, it's like uh, they might do something like that, and that's kind of like the Seahawks right now. And the main reason why I think that is because it's first, first and foremost, it's management who has been there for a long time and is very established. You know, if Pete Carroll gets rid of Russell Wilson and it kind of bites them in the ass, I don't know necessarily that he'll get fired truthfully like I don't I think that franchise and Pete Carroll are kind of combined to one at this point um I mean I think it could be a similar situation with kind of John Gruden once he got that 10-year contract with Khalil Mack I mean hey look how terrible that contract has or that that trade has aged for them I mean they got Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Abrams right and and um sorry I can't remember I think they drafted Josh Jacobs with our pick and then they followed up with drafting... God, I can't remember his name, but that cornerback out of Ohio State with their, sec- their our second first-round pick this year who has been terrible and worse than Jalen Johnson who we drafted with our second-round pick. So it's like those picks look terrible. And literally there's such a funny quote online. I wish I had it right now. Um, but John Gruden was like, well, if we didn't get rid of Khalil Mack, we never would have been able to sign. Um, so John Gruden said, would you rather pay Trent? Or he was saying, well, if we didn't sign Khalil Mack, we couldn't have signed Trent Brown, Antonio Brown, LaMarcus Joyner, Vontes Perfect, and Tyrell Williams none of those players are on the team anymore so it it, it's just one of those funny things where it's like what what a terrible quote to come back and get you but again it's someone who even though he kind of messed that up because he has so much organizational power and while I think Pete Carroll got a recent contract extension too it's like once you reach a certain point of power in the organization you're kind of untouchable so that that's why I think that it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if they do send him to the NFC, especially since Russell Wilson has also been a lot more selective with his teams than Deshaun Watson has. Deshaun Watson hasn't really came out and said no to any team. He, he's kind of said, you know, really wherever, which has been good for his, uh, you know, trade market, I'm sure. Uh, but when you have Russell Wilson, who also has a no trade clause, um, and, you know, he has a, four teams on his list, and only really two of those teams are potentially viable options, and one of them being only the only real viable option, it's a completely different situation.
1: Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, it's like comparing apples and oranges. I mean, it's uh, the Watson and Wilson. They really couldn't be any further apart. I mean, really, like you said, I mean, not only was Wilson more selective, he's at a different point in his career. Um, I mean, they both have very sizable contracts, but, you know, very much the feeling, the vibe of each of the moves is different too. I mean, we kind of know what Russell Wilson wants, you know, he wants that good offensive line. You know, he's kind of craving what he hasn't, the support that he hasn't had in Seattle and Deshaun Watson, like you said, I mean, he's been kind of ambiguous, so mm-hmm. it's, um, Which very much, it seems like Wilson, maybe by playing kind of a little bit of that more low-key card, you know, by being a little bit more selective, you know, maybe he actually did open the door for trade a little bit more. And and some of it is that Houston Texans organization not wanting to let go of of Deshaun Watson. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's very much clear that their intention is to have him remain as a starting quarterback unless i think they get some kind of really really sweet deal which i don't think has really floated by yet i mean i think really if the houston texans texans have gotten a deal um that they liked i think that they would have possibly pulled the trigger on it especially with all with how much the media has been in in the whole situation and it seems like you know it can only get worse if he doesn't get traded and he decides to hold out you know, there's so much that can continue to happen from here, but you know, it's, it is really, it's crazy how different they are. And, you know, they're both huge name quarterbacks, but you know, the way that they've gone about getting traded has been completely opposite.
0: I forgot who it was, but someone that's, that was a previous GM in the NFL. I want to say it was like a Jets GM that does media now. I was listening to a podcast he was on, and he was saying with the Texans, the reason why they might be willing to just hold on to him is because once you kind of set off the domino of like, okay, if our quarterback holds out, our our star quarterback, a, a guy that's super hard to find in a draft, if he holds out and we trade him, what does that kind of tell the players around you? It just kind of means that none of your contracts actually mean anything except for the money you're going to be paid if you there is no untouchables on this team and i i've they they kind of floated out that you know maybe this new organization is going to come in and try to set a uh, a different tone really than the previous one which is that you know we don't we don't handle you know trade demands we don't do that um which i could definitely see but at the same time the Texans head coach had some really like weird comments about Deshaun Watson when he went uh, in like an interview very recently, saying that, like, yeah, he's the quarterback for now, kind of rhetoric, kind of saying the exact same language uh, that we heard out of um, the Rams camp when they were talking about Jared Goff. So it's one of those situations where it's like, eh, what's going to happen? I don't really know. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about some trade packages now. So, uh, Russell Wilson, getting him is going to cost a boatload of picks. You know, it, it's not it's not going to be anything that's easy, uh, you know, for this team to do. We're likely going to have to either give up a lot of draft capital or some good players. So, pretty much, I created three trade packages that I think are pretty fair for Russell Wilson. Um, and I think we're, we're first going to talk about them. I'm going to list them all out first. So, the very first option we have is Roquan Smith. 2022 first round pick. So not this year, the following year, 2022 second round pick and Nick Foles. Okay. Then the, then the second one is a 2020 actually, you know what, Let's just talk about this first one. Do you think that this would be fair value to start for Russell Wilson? Yeah. Yeah, I, th-
1: I do. Yeah. I think that, I think that it's more than enough. I think Roquan holds a lot of weight. Someone that's really getting into the best years of his career. Um, mm-hmm. Nick Foles is a little bit of dead weight. It kind of gives them a side quarterback option if they don't want to necessarily make a play. Maybe they just want to draft their next quarterback solution. So it gives them the opening on that route, and also the picks. The first and the second seems pretty fitting to me. I think that some people would say, "No, nah, you need to throw in another first round pick." I don't really think you need to. I think mm-hmm. that you know, adding the draft capital of um, of Roquan Smith is enough. And, you know, Nick Foles to me is just kind of like dead weight. He's not really a plus or a minus on that deal. Yeah, in my in my
0: evaluation, I, here's the thing is I think that Nick Foles would be a little bit of a plus. Um, just kind of the way that um, Pete Carroll is. Uh, he's kind of the old school football coach, right? Um, he might kind of like someone like Nick Foles, you know? Uh, so, uh, you know, he's an ex-Super Bowl winner. You might be able to convince him a little bit on that. Um, could at least <laughs> yeah. fill in for... You know, I don't even know who their backup quarterback is at this point, but could at least fill in um, to kind of nope. maybe bridge the gap. Uh, so I think it, it honestly might be Geno Smith. It might be Geno Smith.
1: Um, that would be crazy, actually. I'd yeah. love to actually see if that's true. All right, <laughs> let's, let's see.
0: Let's see. Let's see. Geno Smith, let's see what team he's on. Right here, live on the podcast. Uh, Seahawks, yep. He's on the Seahawks. Wow. So it, it is Unbelievable. Geno Smith. And maybe he can take them to the Super Bowl this time. Um, I think you're right. (laughs) Um, okay. So then the second option that we have 2020. Oh yeah. And by the way, the, the way I kind of did this is I evaluate Roquan Smith. I think you'd get two first round picks for him. Seeing what guys like Jamal Adams fetched, um, Roquan Smith at this age, he's going to be a really good player for a really long time. Um, So, I mean, getting Roquan Smith to really help sturdy that defense a little bit and then also getting a first round pick and a second round pick, I think would be, you know, that's a substantial uh, amount of, of capital. And then the Bears could keep Russell Wilson and they would also maintain their first and second round pick this year and maybe actually be able to put some more young talent on the team and really build a team ready to make a run at a Super Bowl. All right, so then the second option that we have is a 2021 first-round pick, 2022 first-round pick, 2023 first-round pick, and Nick Foles for Wilson and a 2021 second. So I I value Russell Wilson at slightly below a three first-round pick draft capital because um, I, I think that Watson's going to be at that three first-round pick plus some change. And at this point, Russell Wilson, while he is a great quarterback, he is getting kind of older. He's 33 and, you know, he's been knocked up for, he's, he, I mean, he's been hit around for a while, you know, he's current, yeah, he, he's, 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 he's he's, can be a little bit damaged goods at this point. Um, so, you know, having, having all that drag capital, um, for like, you know, five to six years, maybe of good quarterback play, um, You know, it's a a substantial amount, but the the positive here is that the Bears would be able to keep essentially all of their key components to this current team.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the deal that would make a lot of people happy because I know that, especially when we were on our live stream, one of the main concerns was keeping that defense intact. So, and I definitely understand that. It's actually interesting because I really do like Roquan Smith a lot, but, you know, I kind of hear this deal and it's like, ah. To give up that many draft picks really does sting, Mm -hmm. you know, and just because even when the Bears got Khalil Mack, it just, it kind of sucked not having those early round picks for, you know, a couple years. So, you know, I'm a little bit hesitant to go on the just draft heavy route, but at the same time, I think that realistically that might be your best option because you have to keep in perspective. He is 33. Um, Russell Wilson when you get him you're going to want to win with him within the first couple years of him being here so it's kind of you want to be able to maximize that potential right now and you know keeping those people on defense is going to certainly give you an edge in doing that instead of trying to have trying to find someone to replace him who more than likely is not going to be at the same caliber as someone like Roquan Smith is
0: exactly and then the final one that I have that I think would pro here's the thing with the Roquan Smith thing is you kind of bridge the gap of like now and the future. So like you do give up a substantial amount now, and then you kind of limit what you get in the future. This is kind of in the similar regard, I would say. So, and I think a lot of bears fans will probably say the third one is their favorite. Um, If you're in the comments right now, listening to this, let us know which is your favorite, but the third one would be Eddie Jackson, a 2021 first, a 2022 first, a 2021 third, and a 2022 third. So you would lose both your first and third round picks in 2021 and 2022. You'd keep your second round picks, but you get rid of Eddie Jackson.
1: Yeah, this is an interesting one. I mean, honestly, I... I really like Addy Jackson a lot. I think that he played excellently under Vic Fangio's scheme. When Chuck Pagano came over, it kind of, you know, it it really hampered the effectiveness that he can have on the defense and, you know, the impact plays that he can make. So it would really hurt to part ways with him. I know he had a a down year this past season. He hasn't really quite looked like the same person. And it would really suck if, you know, when Desai comes in, if, you know, let's say in this hypothetical world, you know, Desai comes in and he gets right back to that form, you know, then he would be a great player to still have on this defense. Mm-hmm. But right now he just seems a, a hell of a lot easier to part with than Roquan Smith. I mean, you just yeah. kind of have to say it. I mean, ultimately, if you had to say, hey, you, have, you get to keep one, but you got to lose the other. You know, the first thing your mind's going to tell you is Roquan Smith is playing better now, and he's looking like he's got the better trajectory. Um, I fully believe that Eddie Jackson can still get back to kind of his elite status. I mean, he Mm -hmm. has someone that has always had great instincts on the ball. When he played at Alabama, he's always had great return characteristics. I really believe in his ability to get back to that point, but it's really tough to, to go against Roquan.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that Eddie Jackson will get back to his point that point this year. I think what, yeah, again, what really hampered him was the change in the way the Bears use defensive backs over the past two years with Pagano. Um, you know, I think Desai is definitely going to be changing that up and and making a, kind of a return. I think we're going to see a major reemergence. But again, when it comes down to a guy like Roquan Smith or Eddie Jackson. It's hard. The thing that I would really hate about parting with Eddie Jackson this offseason, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, you're kind of selling him when he's at his like lowest value, which isn't a great idea. I mean, if we would have traded him like a year or two ago, we would have gotten multiple first round picks in return. So it, it's kind of, and I, I, but I do think that Eddie Jackson would be highly valued with Seattle, especially pairing him with Jamal Adams. That'd be a really good safety duo, one that the Bears could have had themselves um, if they didn't draft Mitch and they instead went with Adams. Um, I'm not even going to, I mean, that point's been hammered into the ground at this point. I don't even need to kind of go <laughs> over that anymore. I think personally, See the thing is like Roquan to me is like a rare talent. Like there, that you just there's not too many guys like Roquan that come out in the
1: draft anymore. But how important is that position in the league? I mean, you can go mm-hmm. back and forth. All yeah, that. I mean, free safety probably say,
0: free safety is more important, probably for sure. Actually, it's tough.
1: That that's you can really argue both ways. I mean, the free safety position. I would say I would agree with you. Probably is a bit more. And a lot of people would argue with the inside linebacker, which used to be the most important position on defense, maybe one of the least important, which honestly I would still argue against that, to be honest. But, you know, it, it you know, offenses have really changed.
0: I think I would, I would definitely go. I think I would go with three out of all these. Cause I think it's a good combination of not giving up too much draft capital Still being able to make some, you know, good ads with Ryan Pace's ability to draft in the later rounds. Um, I, I think I'd prefer going with three over the straight up three first round picks. Um, but again, we haven't even been that good in the first round. So is it like, am I kind is, of, am I kind of hyping like this up for no reason?
1: Uh, a little bit. I, I think as much as I just said that I'd hate to lose all those picks. I think that for what bringing in Russell Wilson is to win within the next like one to four years Mm -hmm. is to maximize your winning potential. So I'd say you mortgage off the future in order to try to maximize and win now. So honestly, I would say that two would be my straight up pick. to be honest.
0: I kind of wonder also like if you included Khalil Mack in one of these deals, what would the trade have to be? You know, like, I honestly feel like kind of knowing how Pete Carroll is, he doesn't seem to be a guy that really gets scared off by players' age. I mean, he's added a lot of players who are kind of getting up in that later age. Um, You know, he added Brandon Marshall for a bit uh, towards the end of his career. Um, You know, I wonder how much value Khalil Mack really has at this point. But at the same time, like, I having Russell Wilson and Khalil Mack on the same team just seems like a recipe for something good to happen. So I don't, yeah, that's, that's the one thing is like, do you include Khalil Mack? It might help with like revitalizing this defense, making it a little bit younger, uh, maybe opening up the window a little bit longer. Um, But at the same time, it's like for now, for the next two to three years, getting rid of Khalil Mack would be a massive hit. So, Oh Yeah man it's going it's going to be really interesting if even if we don't get Russell Wilson it's going to be really interesting to see where the value is for him and same with um Deshaun Watson you know i i feel like it's going to be so interesting to see these massive hauls acquired for these guys hey if these guys even get traded i mean there's a, there's a good chance that yeah. neither neither of these guys get traded this off season. um but you know selfishly i'm hoping that they both do just so that you know I mean, the more intrigue, the better. It's more fun off season, Right.
1: Yeah. And, you know, all y'all got to make sure that you guys stay planted here for the off season. I mean, Austin and I are always going to be giving you offseason updates, and we're going to try to not beat topics into the ground <laughs> and try to really only report on things when there's new news. But, you know, we're going to speculate. We're going to throw things out. You know, the Drew Brees video is a bit of a reach, but hey. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun stuff. We got we get to talk about it. The off season means we get to play in our own little fantasy GM world. So just oh, yeah. let us have it for the moment. And then once we get back into training camp, we'll be all about, you know, being real good evaluators and not we're getting over the speculating stuff. But hey, I mean make sure you guys keep it tuned in here for the rest of the off season. We're approaching the draft. Free agency is around the corner. I mean, some of our best content is also right around the corner guys. So make sure to not, you know, sleep on us.
0: Absolutely. Make sure you stay tuned, you know, make sure if you're not subscribed and you're listening to this, make sure to subscribe. Uh, this is very important. This is going to honestly dick this off season is going to dictate the career of Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace. It's going to dictate our outlook on the franchise. Um, I mean, Hey, uh, Virginia McCaskey is getting kind of old. Uh, she might be able to, this could dictate whether or not she sees a super bowl in her lifetime. You know, she's getting up there in age. And I know that Ted Phillips, definitely, definitely wants to win the 85
1: one, one, but sees another one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah, no, I'm saying like another one. I mean, God, imagine like watching the bears since 1985, hoping to win them to be winning a super bowl. I understand why there's so much angst in this fan base completely. Oh, you know,
1: hundred percent. See, in my
0: in my lifetime, they've just never won one. So because of that, I don't even know what I'm missing out on, right? <laughs> I don't no, even know yeah, what I'm. don't know. I'm, I mean, we we do have we did have the Blackhawks, and you know, the Bulls were good for a little bit, but like, uh, you know, even, I mean, the Sox, the Cubs, they've all won one. The Bears are just
1: like the. This is a Bears city. Though. It's a football city. Yeah, and we we haven't seen it.
0: Man, what a what a curse! What a curse! I mean. Well then, if hey, if the Bears do win a Super Bowl over the next couple of years, then it, I think it's the Bulls' turn again. I think they're going to be the ones that are, uh, you know, missing out. But they <laughs> they look like they have a little bit better of a future outlook right now than the Bears do, unfortunately. Um, but they, yeah. you know, it is it is what it is. We'll we'll hopefully. All get to see a Bears Super Bowl very shortly. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't put too much stock in it, but thank you guys so much. Uh, we appreciate it. If you could go check out Manscaped, please that'd help us a ton. Um, we really appreciate it, and uh, you know, thank you guys so much. Bear down. Bear down.